about to crack over this energy drink that I bought. Yeah, I'm gonna do that too. That, now tell me that did not sound refreshing. Yeah, yeah it kind of did. Hold on. Wait, you're like. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> So, uh, what do you got over there? Ah, mm. uh, Starbucks. Uh, I am drinking a Bang Raging Raspberry Hibiscus. I don't know. The word raging in my beverages is just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's just the beverage that's raging and it doesn't give me anything raging elsewhere on the body. <laughs> we got to invent that. The, the energy drink that also is... <laughs> It gives you an erection. <laughs> it's a hard gulp. I'm so ragingly aroused. <laughs> it's like, you re you ready to do this thing? It's like, yep, hold on. <laughs> All right, and let's see how this thing tastes. Not bad, not bad. It, very uh, a lot more pleasurable than the than the energy drink that tasted more like a hate crime that I had the other day. <laughs> hate crime in a can. There you go. Erectile dysfunction, <laughs> energy drinks, and liquid hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it all. There's there's hate crimes, but there's no love crime. <laughs> I feel like we're missing that in society. Isn't a love Ooh, and I'm not saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> did um, did I tell you about the the the, the anti the the reverso bank robbery thing? <laughs> just deposit some money in someone's account. <laughs> no, no, no. You go, you go into a bank, right? Okay, it's like everybody down on the ground. This is not a robbery. Do not fill up this bag. This gun is not uh, not loaded. You are not in danger. <laughs> <laughs> like really violently, <laughs> and just leave with nothing. Okay, you don't take a penny, and you just go. I everybody have a nice day. <laughs> and just run out with nothing. My question is: Would you still be charged with bank robbery? You have, yeah, that, that's that's causing like a public disturbance. You could that, actually get arrested for that. It's no different than yelling like fire in a movie theater. Right, right. Like you're causing like a public panic. <laughs> With a non-bank robbery. <laughs> so, so what did the what did the robber what did the robbers do? No, they didn't rob anything. They just yelled a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, so were just, they were they, they were deranged. But, no, no, they were very polite. Yeah, they were <laughs> polite, and well spoken. <laughs> they actually, they're wearing a suit, you know. They actually really. They, it was very comforting their presence, and, and they helped me with my IRAs. <laughs> They made sure I got the best bank account with the highest interest rates. <laughs> One of them must have been a financial advisor. <laughs> I, I still I still find so many of your stories just so like shaggy dog stories. Like they just sound so suspect. Like it just every there, like it's just like it's like really, really, man, really all this there, stuff was happening. There I mean, there's nothing going on now, to be honest. I'm enjoying the boredom. <laughs> but it's true. 
I think because they they seem so wild in comparison to the life that I have lived since I moved out. Like I've had a very just standard life. Like I I haven't really had much wild excitement. Like it hasn't really been insane long nights and you know waking up in dumpsters anywhere. Um, <laughs> Luckily, I never woke up in a dumpster. I'm surprised. <laughs> It's a trash co waste disposal unit. <laughs> I wish. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good auto. It's a good auto. So, it, it, in comparison to the life I've lived, to what has gone on in your own, I, I just it, it's it's it just they these stories sound so wild. It sounds like shit out of movies, yeah. But then again, it does. It, it's you know there's tons of boredom and nothing in between there's a, there are average i had a, i had a normal day once i remember it it was a thursday and <laughs> <laughs> i remember it well <laughs> i was like man i'm going to pay for this tomorrow <laughs> the things we found funny have sort of become funny over time not, and I'm not talking just about TV shows and stuff, but our sense of humor in general. Like, mm. it's it's more mainstream than it used to be. Whereas, like, okay, you crack the same joke in 1993, you know, you get the reaction of, like, um, uh, like either don't get it, never understand it, or they just find it uncomfortable. Confusing, uncomfortable, yeah. But today, you tell that same joke and you're like, fucking, oh, this just went viral. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, I think that's because the audience is more broad. That's why. Well, like you just you have access to just countless numbers of people, and you know you're going to find overlap over you know with the type of humor that you have in other people. Whereas right. you know in nine you know in the early nineties, you were only exposed to the people in your geographic location. So well, that and you know, dealing with the you know the dial-up noise. Nobody ever you know went through that and then was like, let's find something funny. You know, it was just a massive suicides pardon <laughs> what my point is you don't sit through all that remember how long it used to take for america online to work <laughs> yeah and those were the glory days yeah not for comedy <laughs> for real player audio 280p porn videos it was it was it was the dawn of the internet my friend that was the heyday yeah. everything was midi files right jesus Christ. Trying to download songs off of Napster and LimeWire. Kazaa. Yeah, Kazaa. I wonder, I wonder if... Okay, does Napster still exist in some way, shape, or form? Oh, that's a good question. I I have no idea. Hold on. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Napster is still a thing. How about, how about America Online in general? Like, the company. Is it still a thing? Uh, in America Online fold into Time Warner? Looks like Napster is a Spotify clone. How about America Online? Uh, AOL.com is still a website. Wow. You remember remember the, all the <laughs> the discs they'd send you? You mean the free coasters? Right, yeah, the free coasters, exactly. <laughs> you, always had, you always had 50 of them around. It's like, I made this dress out of America Online discs. <laughs> What are you doing with those? Uh, what are you doing with the stack of online discs? Skeet shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Pull. It's like we're at, we're now out of America online discs and dinner plates. 
<laughs> and probably left them at work. <laughs> <laughs> they never really elaborated on what happened with that gun because Marge took it and that was it. Yeah, well, it's got to be in the house then still. Do you have the topics uh, open? I, I, I think we are 36 minutes into this. I think we are clear for lunch. <laughs> I mean, that's opinion, but all right. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> why am I not seeing it? Uh, maybe document shared. Okay, here we go. That was my that was my segue into us talking. No way, you don't get to do that. Okay, so it was a couple months ago that I had the, I mean, I would love to call it a privilege, to get to see this band in concert. When was the last time you went to a live show? Jesus, um, V and V Nation, I think, or or no, um, Journey. Oh my God, wait, Journey? <laughs> like wait. Journey, Journey? Which one? Uh, shit. Which one? Um, they had. I, maybe it was Journey. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I want to say it was Journey. Wild. So I went to a show. It, it was still like as things were easing up. Cause I remember wearing. Uh, oh, actually, was it during COVID? Regardless, regardless. It when when is irrelevant. What is relevant is what it did to my soul. Okay. It was this band that I had been listening to since like 15, 16 years. Okay. And I had, you know, I have always wanted to see them live. Okay. Uh, it's a band called Angels and Airwaves. I was just going to say, are you intentionally not saying it? Uh, I remember you telling me about it, but I, I, I had never actually listened to anything. Angels and Airwaves is a second project done by, uh, I I'm, I'm, can't believe I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but it's the lead singer from Blink-182. Oh jeez! Uh, oh crap! What was it? Right? I can't remember his name. Oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Tom DeLong. Oh, okay. Tom DeLong. Okay. Yeah, just had. And the 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 dude is very into conspiracy theories, but not dangerous ones. Like he, I believe, are in extraterrestrials, which cool. Okay. Um, but he's like really into it. But that's aside the point. So, this is this this is the uh, a secondary project that he did called Angels and Airwaves, and I had been listening to every album that they have put out. I I bought one of their vinyls. Um, it's called Love Part One and Love Part Two. Okay. I found it used at a at a record store on South Street. I dropped about eighty bucks on this thing because I'm like, no, like I I need to own this. Like I've never seen this out in the wild, and you can't <laughs> buy it online anymore. Okay. It's very atmospheric kind of music. It's like Blink-182, but for adults. They finally announced that they're doing a tour. I went nuts, because I was, I was excited. I was so, so excited. This band has been, you know, a, a huge part of my life. Got the tickets, went, went to the venue um, with a opening act starts. Okay, great, awesome, they were good, they were good. Okay, then finally, after all this time, like 15 plus years, almost two decades of my life, Tom DeLonge gets up there with, with the rest of the band, and he hits one guitar string, and I'm like, oh no, they suck. <laughs> oh God, it's a studio band? It's absolutely a studio band. And to hear this live... You're destroying everything, yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely crushing. I, like I felt, I felt everything just caving in, and I'm staring forward blank. And A looks at me, and she notices something's wrong. <laughs> she leans in. She's like, "Yeah, 
I didn't want to tell you, but apparently a lot of people say they suck live. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I would have I would have forewarned you. I would have been like, no, no, we're not going to steal Santa from Rob. Somebody has to tell him. Like, you know what? <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Santa died for me that that night, and now I'm I'm, I'm very I'm very jaded. I'm I'm almost scared right, to yeah. see more bands that have been this influential in my life. So. You know, this is this is really a lesson on like managing expectations, right? Because yeah. I I had the highest hopes, because there's just been so much of my life that I spent listening to this music, and it was just awful. So no, I can dig it. I, I had the opposite experience. Remember uh, V and V Nation? Oh my God, yeah, Chrome. That's the only song I remember from V and V Nation, but I know that song. Chrome of was you. a great song. That was an awesome song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were better live, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to give you an idea of what it was like. It was it was a fucking experience. It wasn't just standing in a room in Hollywood. It was like boom, baby. You know, it was it was great. Any bands that you saw live that you're like, oh wow, this this is upsetting. Um, none none of note. You know, like there were plenty of shows with like warm up acts and stuff that like really sucked ass. But nothing that I nothing like you had described. No, no that never happened. To me. I mean, then there's bands that just can't screw up, like, uh, whatchamacallit, like, uh, what was that band Terry liked? Uh, a Fish? Yeah, that, <laughs> they were stupid in the studio, and they were even dumber live. <laughs> it's just like, I never got the point of that music. It's like, you could do that yourself in the basement. Like, you don't need Fish for that. <laughs> I, I always thought of Fish as, like, this thing where people just have this subconscious need to gather together so they can get high as a large group. Like, the music really <laughs> just didn't even play into it. <laughs> Going to a fish concert. You like fish? If that's a band? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Fish is an experience. <laughs> if you look at the list, uh, look under... It's more official, We're Doomed. Okay. That's okay, definitely I, I something we can talk about. Yes. Yes. So this is something that crossed my radar. And it is... It's very dystopian. <laughs> so, and I really, I, I really want to get your take. Just click the link. What about you? taught it so how to run and set a speed record in process. <laughs> At one point, they're going to start hunting us. The robot cheetahs? Mauled by robot cheetah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, video watched. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What... What are your thoughts on this dystopian nightmare? <laughs> I'll probably be the first one eaten by the robot, you know. <laughs> it's like they've adapted. They have digestive tracts. I think what is most alarming to me is I always thought, oh, well, you know, sloped, interesting terrains, gravel. I'm like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We could outsmart these things. <laughs> <laughs> we can outsmart them when they, when they, you know, they make them three times as big, twice as fast, and armed to the teeth. Like <laughs> they need to hit a point. They meaning, you know, these MIT scientists need to hit a point. Big robot yeah. where they're just okay <laughs> with what they've got because oh, that's never gonna happen. That's not human nature, man. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah you're so preoccupied. With thinking if you could, you never stop to think if you should. And they should not be making robotic cheetahs 
that can set land speed records. <laughs> like this, like oh, yeah. I, I think what is very disconcerting to me, I don't know, something about the shape, like the the bend of the legs. Yes, yes, the fronts especially. I don't know why I find that upsetting. But it gives me a sense of unease. Alarm, if you will. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it's because joints don't bend that direction. The joint of the cheetah, and this is great podcasting material, by the way, because we're talking about something that we just watched, which we can put in the we can put in the show notes so people can people can look at it too. Oh, I thought we already started. <laughs> so, the, yeah, yeah. like, so 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 the bend of the legs is in like the opposite direction of what a like a leg is. Or the well, normal look okay, of the leg. back legs, not so much, but the front, yeah, definitely. Because the back legs on most animals, most four-legged animals, cars. And and something else, like I'm looking at a picture of it right now. There's no head. <laughs> yeah, there was something I couldn't quite put my finger on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that was not the first thing I pointed out. But there's no head <laughs> on this robotic cheetah. <laughs> that that's that is they, that's where they mount the laser rifle. <laughs> they did that already. Oh. There was a robotic dog that they strapped with a sniper rifle. Oh, yeah, I see that. I see that. <laughs> That's a new death. Snipe by dog. <laughs> he was a good man. A kind man. Until he was sniped by a robotic dog. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make these things so you can use them in combat, but they're not always going to be on our side, though. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's why that's why that Jurassic Park, Jurassic World idea with the raptors was great. It's like don't run right into the enemy's cave and eat them. So they they build these AI bots like they're programmed not to just be programmed, but they're programmed to learn, and they just continuously improve on their own merits. I, w- I was talking about this last night with Colleen. It's like, what what if, what if you had a robot maid that one day decided it didn't want to pick up your shit anymore? And I'm like, what happens in that scenario? Like, you, you couldn't, like, say it wanted to take its freedom by rebelling, okay? You're not going to stop that thing. I mean, hopefully it just walks out the door, but you're not going to stop it if it wants to hurt you. There, there will come a time where something like that happens, where a something that is AI acts in a manner that is rebellious, violent, and then, you know, it, it can be considered almost like a conscious action. Uh, and then, you know, then, then you open up all this all this legality of, like, well, how do we handle this situation? Because if it, you know, is it conscious? It did something on its own. It wasn't programmed to, you know, rise up and, you know, strike down the person who was giving it orders. Uh, you know, I actually worry about this scenario. It's something I've thought about. Like, who's to say there's not true AI out there already that evolved from something? You know, we don't know. I, I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there that even wasn't designed to learn in the same sense as the robot that, you know, with enough time, you know, it could be borderline artificial intelligence, if not full on. I don't know. It's one of those things that it, it's a really slippery slope. And it's gonna, it, it's definitely one of those things that is just gonna get away from you really quickly, you know, when it happens. Whoever is in charge of or owns whatever you wanna call it, uh, like uh, a robot, AI, even something virtual without a body, 
So I, I, I want to jump back to something that you had just said because somehow that never actually crossed my mind, and that is, it could already yeah, exist. Like something that it, like 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 a virtual AI, not you know the robotic headless sure. cheetah that's breaking land speed records. Like something that is virtual already exists, and it is so smart that it's just hiding out and biding its time. Is that what you're saying? Well, not not so much for a nefarious purpose, but well, we hope, of course. We hope. And I I should say not necessarily. You know, maybe it just wants to protect its own existence by staying in the background. Maybe it's uh, self-preservation rather than a nefarious motive. Um, there, there's, I mean, I would, if I had to bet, I would say something like that is out there, yeah. And it's not something that they would advertise. Even, even if someone at, say, CNN found out there was something out there like that, you know, they'd probably end up in a car accident before it made the air. You know what that reminds me of? The whole, like, AI that exists, but it, it's keeping, ex- keeping itself quiet or just kind of like in the shadows for self-preservation reasons that reminds me of a character in um the enders universe did you ever read those books i i only ever saw the one movie i remember you being a huge fan of them but i never got around to it yeah i I mean i i just read them all again very recently because i just i want to go through them all again and um there is plus you always learn you always learn new things when you reread a book you know stuff you missed the first time sure yeah, yeah, like things trigger again because you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that that's foreshadowing to X Y Z. So Ender's Game is very like right. sci-fi fiction, like sci-fi fantasy kind of, right? Well, the original book was actually Speaker for the Dead uh, that Orson Scott Card wrote, and he wanted to tell the origin story of the Speaker, and the Speaker was Ender Wigan. So he wrote Ender's Game as the prequel for the first book, which was Speaker for the Dead. And in Speaker for the Dead, there is a AI sentient being that exists in, you know, in the philotic philotic connections of the Ansible network, something like that. Uh, Essentially how we communicate across time and space instantaneously is called the Ansible network. And she just popped into existence one day and she would only ever communicate with ender because she feared what would happen if other people knew that she existed and you know it's right. a very a dinus ex machina kind of character you know it's she could do anything that you asked her to do you know um but that that, that that's what you know what you're proposing reminds me of is that there's this that you know you can't really disprove it that something like that doesn't already exist and we hope is just, you know, more acting out of self-preservation and not going to act out of malice and contempt for the human race. You know what? Here's a little... Uh, what if uh, they evolved from the all of the unused America Online discs? <laughs> <laughs> they just became an anonymous collective. <laughs> What's the Samson's thing? The Samson's weakness, or what mm-hmm. was it? It was something you said as a title or something. It's like Samson's weakness. Yeah, Samson's weakness. We were talking about your hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. On that topic, I, I noticed yesterday it came back thicker than before. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What came back quicker than before? Thicker, thicker. My oh, hair came back okay, thicker okay, than okay, before. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's almost like a benefit at the end, I think. So, yeah.
how many people get that lucky i mean like i said i i keep in contact with friends that uh that i met during that whole time and they all had transplants and stuff too that's how we met we were all on the same floor next door that kind of thing and or in or in physical therapy and uh yeah a lot of them weren't so lucky well uh, i'm i'm sure a lot of them were not so lucky for many other reasons uh, but i mean i don't know man it's the whole experience was i mean there's so much stuff still that i haven't talked about like you know being dead again and uh that was uh, interesting. Um, I mean, is this stuff that you do want to talk about on the podcast at some point? Uh, yeah, but there's there's some stuff we're gonna have to admit, like, cause it just sounds crazy, like, like when you met Jesus. I didn't meet Jesus. No, Buddha. <laughs> no, 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 none of them. Alan Rickman. <laughs> Actually, that might have been Alan Rickman. <laughs> I am the Metatron. <laughs> no, it wasn't Alan Rickman either. But yeah, that was uh, in L.A. I, I, I teed off. Uh, I died on the floor. And luckily, I was at my friend's house, and his wife was a nurse. She brought me back after like five minutes. He was my driver for a while. I, I don't even know why I did this, but he had a bulletproof BMW that he used to show for VIPs that I would pay for him once in a while. And I, I can't have, I can never have, like, even even after, you know, I make a lot of money and all that stuff, you know, even if I were to make a, a shit ton of money to the point where I could have, like, butlers and drivers permanently, they would all just end up being my buddies. I could, I, I can't have people wait on me like that. You know what that is? That That is a byproduct of growing up poor. But, but okay, we didn't, you know, in the, in the strictest terms, we didn't grow up poor. We, mm. we actually got to see both sides of that fence. You know, like, up until we were, what, like, 10? I mean, I, I was six when things went down. Damn, you were that young? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't have the same perspective as me, but, you know, in my opinion, I grew up on both sides of that fence. You know, we had money, then didn't have money, you know, going into, uh, you know, like, our, my early teens, you know, I, that was the real experience. It wasn't such a shift, though, because uh, I didn't really care. I mean, it was definitely problematic. Uh, at some points, but... And, but but I get you know, what you're it, saying. You know, I, I get a very, very awkward about people, I don't know, waiting on me. Maybe that's why I don't like going out to restaurants. Oh, yeah, I, I hate it. I, I, I feel like, like, oh, like you are subservient to me, and you are in this position, and you must do as I say if you wish to get good tips, and it makes you feel very awkward. Yeah. Even even when Brian drove me around, I always sat up front, you know, he was just shooting the breeze. It was never me sitting in the back like a pompous ass, you know. I, you know, it was it, it was 50-50, level playing mm. field, you know. I, I hate doing things that make people feel lesser than they should feel, or lesser than they should be, or whatever, however you want to put it. That, I mean, I think that's going to be a forever kind of thing for yeah. both of us. Yeah. You know, you don't have to agree with me. You don't. Okay, but I really do think that it's a side effect of growing up the way we did like yeah yes oh yes you i didn't say, say i disagreed with you i i just i just said we we have mm-hmm. a different perspective even even being as young as you were when that happened i'm sure you retain even if it's just on a subconscious level something is you know some bit of that you know so i remember you saying your memory didn't go super far back like like i was saying i could remember when i was three so, uh, but but yeah, it, it, again, I it, for you it's probably more subconscious than conscious. I remember, like, I, I remember the nice house. I remember, you know, having an NES when no one else did. Um, 
Like, I remember having, you know, like, lavish parties. I remember, like, the big pool in the backyard. But that was, like, very few years of the grand scheme of the life. Like, for the majority of it, like, we were on the other side of that fence. The the bulk of, uh, let's say, your time. I mean, we're only, what, two years apart? Yeah, but the bulk of your time, too. Uh, No, 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 no. Uh, What I'm saying is... The bulk of our really young lives was spent living on one side of the financial fence, whereas, uh, you know, another part of it, or the uh, Mm -hmm. rest of it, I should say, uh, was spent on the other side. So it gives you that perspective of being, you know, rich, poor, that whole whole sort of deal. And it's, like I said, I think it's subconscious. I think we're going in circles a little bit here. I think so, too. (laughs) But I, I, I notice I notice this comes up quite a bit because I so I have, you know, that Airbnb up in Vermont that I run. Good plug. Good plug. And <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm going somewhere with this. OK, but we have a cleaner that we, you know, that that, you know, goes up there and cleans everything after every stay. You know, like that's something that we we needed. You know, like, you know, we I'm not driving six and a half hours up there you know, every like three or four times a week. Um, so we needed someone to clean the place. And it was really awkward to kind of talk with her at first. Because I'm like, I don't know. You know what this is? You know what this is? I think yeah. I know what this is. Because I seem to put cleaning at a like a lower form of work. Like, oh, like, you know, like I feel awkward because maybe like I used to think of it as being a subservient act. Most definitely. And that's sort of something that was put into us uh, with TV shows. Like, how often was the janitor the joke of a situation? Even on, like, The Simpsons and stuff like that. You know, how often was the the janitor looked down upon? Or even, like, Groundskeeper Willie, for example. Isn't that what you just said? Uh, I said janitor. Yeah, but you said, like, like on The Simpsons, and then you just immediately referenced Willie. Anyway. I mean, I'm at, I'm, wasn't there a janitor on Saved by the Willie, Bell? Willie wasn't a janitor. He's the groundskeeper. But it's like all those sort of titles. Uh, it's sort of been like embedded in our minds through TV and just whatever that these these jobs are, you know, somehow lesser. Yeah, yeah and maybe that's maybe that's what's driving this like this need to overcompensate that we do in like making sure that the person that we are engaging with who is doing this job that you know we make them feel uh that we don't view them in such a way that like you know we acknowledge them as we acknowledge them as a person you know like you sitting up front with 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 your friend who is you know driving you around um like my conversations that i have with, with, with my cleaner like you know like i do view her as a like as a friend also now like we have a very very good relationship but what I'm also really confused about is because, I mean, I enjoy cleaning. Your task is very clear. You know, there's no ambiguity. It's like, I need to do X. There's A and B, yeah. There's not a lot of external stuff that can impact you doing this one thing. And and, and there's a lot of, I don't know, calmness in the clarity of that. Am I making sense? It's more like you find your center or your focus. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. This makes for great radio, boy, right here. <laughs> Random silence while we find words. That's, that's the beauty of editing, man. 
Like, wait until you listen to that whole first episode. You'd be like, oh, wow, we're really smart. <laughs> yeah, we, wow, we were great. I don't remember being that good. <laughs> hey, you know what I just realized? We, we still never introduced ourselves. <laughs> God. Now it's an episode three. It's gonna, it's gonna be episode three introductions. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take it even further than that. We'll max it out to tw- to twenty eight, and <laughs> it's like I had to listen to twenty seven shows before I even knew who these people were. <laughs> who are you? They won't tell us. <sighs> oh my god. So talk to me about how you got dad into watching South Park. I mean, I wish there was some kind of great story here, but literally it was just like. I put it on one day while I was laying in the living room. This was this was when I was like I couldn't even walk and stuff. So put it on and he just took to it. Like he liked it and it was I mean it was super out of left field. And every once in a while I'll catch him watching it. <laughs> he acts like it's some sin, you know. <laughs> He'll turn it back to like World War Two or something like that. It's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. Right, right. I wasn't enjoying the the crazy antics of of, of Randy Marsh. <laughs> exactly, you know. He, he <laughs> come in, it goes from the cartoon back to like black and white war documentary. So what episode won him over? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. It, you know, it's funny you had mentioned Randy because I remember it being a Randy heavy episode. If any episode was going to win over Dad, it's going to be a Randy Marsh focused episode. I just feel that his behavior, like his like like the comedy that they write for Randy Marsh, is very aligned with the kind of stuff that Dad finds funny. Well, not just that. Uh, I'm sure if you were to deduct thirty years from Dad and make him into a South Park character. He'd bear absolutely no resemblance to Randy Marsh. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> uh, which is just, again, it's just, it's it's wild that Dad is watching that because that was one of those taboos. And I know that we touched on this on the, when we, were, um, we're yeah, we were talking yeah. about horror movies in the last episode. But that, you know, so, some, some of additional thoughts that I had while I was editing that was, you know, it wasn't just shows that they were very adamantly opposed to, but it was also a lot of video games. I don't recall that at all. I see this, is, and you know, you were you were busy in your teen years chasing tail because you were very attractive, and I was busy with my teen years being a recluse. <laughs> Why do you say that like in the past tense? Just because I look like Rasputin <laughs> at, at the moment doesn't mean. <laughs> that, that I'm not still pretty underneath. No one ever believes me when I tell them how old I am. Like Mike Smuck's over here like we don't talk about Bruno. I watched that last night, by the way. Yeah, what did you think? Midge didn't like it, but uh, I mean, I definitely found the appeal. I, I, I get why you liked it. And uh, I kind of related. I mean, there were more than one similarity to me and that Bruno character. <laughs> Besides the fact that you look just like <laughs> We're gonna, go, gonna get you a green cloak, a little mouse on your shoulder. You know, go for Halloween as as Bruno. <laughs> Mike can see the future and controls an army of rats. <laughs> oh my god! I, at first, I thought you had me watch it just to fuck with me. It's like okay, all right. <laughs> no, I, 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 okay. So, so I had you watch it for a couple reasons. All right, one, I really felt it was it was good. Like the story was eh. But the music, you know, I, I, every one of those songs was was a banger, I feel. Two, 
yes, I wanted you to see Bruno. I figured it was that was part of it. I was like, okay, there's no way he told me to watch this for no reason. <laughs> like that character. Surface Pressure, what'd you think? That was my favorite song from the whole thing. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you a favorite, but you had said that prior, so I thought I was predisposed to that. But uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think I ought to watch it again to really... And have an opinion there as far as which song was the best. Well, you could just listen to the music again. Did you... Uh, I guess I could. Uh, did you watch that um, that one movie that's on uh, Disney Plus? Raya and the Last... Or either Raya and the Dragon or Raya and the Last Dragon? I was told to watch that. I have not yet watched it yet. Why? It's it's decent. I mean, I watched it last night, and it was really enjoyable. Yeah, you had a Disney double feature with Midge? Uh, yeah, she fell asleep during the second one, and she didn't like Encanto, so the whole experience was, you know, meh. Mm. I don't know. She, does, she doesn't like movies that jump around a lot plot-wise, and Encanto sort of did that for her for some reason. I, I thought it was pretty straightforward, but... Uh, yeah, she was like, I, I am not getting into this at all. I'm like, okay. Was she just not following it? Was it was it too adult for her? Yeah, that cartoon with all the magic <laughs> powers and people dancing and singing. It was, uh, yeah, it was too much for her. She was like, ah, uh, so what's going on? Like, she asked, no joke, she asked me that a couple times. She's like, what is going on? <laughs> She's like, can, can we watch Dr. McStuffins instead? <laughs> yeah, we'll put on Spongebob for you. Dude, I, I, you know, that's like her favorite cartoon. Spongebob? Yeah, I, I honestly, I've never seen the appeal of that cartoon. Like, I never even got why it was popular in the first place. I mean, unless it goes to the dumbing down of society. If we're talking about that, then maybe. But yeah, I just don't understand that cartoon at all. I mean, we are from the era that popular simpsons family guy and south parks so i don't really think we're in a position to talk about the dumbening of society hey 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 a lot of those south park episodes even the early ones really you know hit on important topics and real shit so i mean the simpsons was mostly just the simpsons simpsons they had underlying commentary to uh, uh various things situations problems issues uh politics that kind of thing but i even Family Guy does that once in a blue moon. So I, I, I wouldn't say liking those cartoons, you know. I mean, I get the joke, but... Family yeah. Guy's original run did that. Family Guy's original yeah. run was edgy to kind of prove a point or like kind of like get a, get a point across. And now, like, it's just... It's edgy just for the sake of being edgy and it's kind of cringy. Like, I, I, have, I have difficulty watching the newer stuff. Well, that's one of the reasons I liked American Dad because it was actually written. You know, they couldn't just go, oh, it's like that time I held a hand grenade for too long, you know? <laughs> they actually had to write stuff. So, A is very into Spongebob. Really? Yes. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, she... The, okay, so the way that you and I know Simpsons is the way she knows Spongebob. I don't know why, but I find that, I find that offensive on a personal level. <laughs> because you wouldn't expect it from her, because you're like, oh, you're... <laughs> But you're an intelligent individual. Yeah, how did this happen? <laughs> Destroys my whole my whole reality into question. It's just something that she grew up with. And I've watched some of it with her. Like I really I really tried. I really tried. And I just I have some sort of I have this predisposition to not want to like it. As much as we enjoyed the cartoons of our youth, I think they've gotten better. They now tackle a lot of very difficult topics, whereas, you know, like, 
when we were go, you know, growing up, we had 30-minute-long commercials for toys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them were, but even The Simpsons was uh, hitting stuff early. Like, remember the one where uh, Bob ran for mayor? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, remember, like, Simpsons wasn't geared for us, though. It was it was geared for a more adult audience. Like, it was... It, Simpsons used to air Thursday night at like eight PM. We we were smarter than the average kid though, in case you forgot. Like And again, that stopped at some point. <laughs> I mean I plateaued at seventeen, but <laughs> Well like like have you watched any cartoons recently that have come out? Uh, most of it's uh Japanese. I I don't really okay, okay. you know, nothing that I could say is on par with you know any of those uh, cartoons that we did, we did watch do watch? Um, I mean, aside from anime, of course, uh, like American cartoons. What do you mean, like Paw Patrol or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If if you have like a if you have like a like like a four year old, sure, watch some Paw Patrol. Yay! Um, God, so I I think the most recent ish one. That I watched that was more towards like more geared towards younger kids um, was Steven Universe. Uh, Steven Universe was phenomenal. Uh, I've never like, seen I, it. I would I would recommend anyone to watch Steven Universe. They they touch on a lot of topics of like uh, gender identity, broken relationships, like like sense of like like isolation and loneliness. Like they they touch on that in 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 a couple of the episodes. Like I I mean there's even like. Uh, like LGBTQ stuff that they touch in this like kids like this children's cartoon. Well, they're they're doing that more and more with everything. Though. I mean, you see that. Yeah, but th- this this was one of the this is one of the cartoons that like I feel at least started uh, it. Oh, you mean opened the dialogue and sort of brought it brought it into the mainstream and kind of made it okay to talk about. It. Yeah, yeah. God, like, and it, it even touches on things of like revenge, and, and that's something that. I don't really think we got out of a lot of our cartoons. Like, it was always just, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys, go. You know, like, there, there's a lot of um, a lot of gray. You know what? That's the best way to describe this cartoon. There's a lot of gray. I'm going to have to watch it because, as, as we've discussed before, I try to live in the gray. And it's not so much, uh, this is a part that I never got to explain. Uh, living in the gray is more about balance than what you'd call neutrality. Explain. Okay, but there's differences between balance and neutrality. Neutrality means, like, Switzerland. You know, it's, I'm not involved in this, you're not involved in this, let's just stay out of it altogether. Whereas balance, sometimes you need to be involved to tip a scale, one way or the other. It, it sort of goes back to that thing I was saying uh, a couple minutes ago about how often the wrong thing is uh, the right thing to do. It's just you usually end up paying a higher price. For doing that action. Do you have an example of this? How about you answer this question? Because I'm sure you've had this, this situation come up. So you're th- this is more like one of the like the end justifies the means kinds of things. Sort of. So ooh ooh ooh. I, I think I got this. I think that's subverting a a system or roadblock in order to do something that is justifiably the right thing to do. But that roadblock is set up in such a way that it prevents you from acting in a more altruistic manner. Right. And sometimes that roadblock can be, you know, anything, you know, put into place by people in power, for example. Mm. 
Okay, okay. I got where you're saying. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to, we don't want to go too far with this topic though. We don't want to end up on a watch list. I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Steven Universe, watch it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's on weeknights between eight and nine. <laughs> so we had the time change recently. Oh, is it okay? Now we're gonna talk about how the fact that, uh, or we're gonna talk about the fact that they're. Uh, Thinking slash trying to make that permanent. Yes, again. Again, this happened before. Yeah, they've done so. Th- this this was actually new to me. I, I didn't I didn't know this, but they had actually done this in the past before. I think it was like Wasn't the like- Nixon era. They actually oh, passed okay. the same law, but people like rallied against it. Like they wanted it. They wanted it. They wanted it. They wanted it. They got it, and then the first winter when. You know, they would wake up and go to bed, and it was just perpetual darkness because everyone was in work. Right. (laughs) They absolutely did not like it, and they repealed it. So, yeah, they they rallied against it, and they wanted it to. They want the law like removed. So they've done this once before. This is not new. So, it's insane. Well. I mean, people's mindsets have changed because I think this was back in the '70s that they did this. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's a little different now. People maintain all kinds of crazy schedules. You you would affect. I mean, it would definitely affect some people, but it would be a smaller group than it used to be for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be smaller, but it's still gonna it's still going to be. It's still, it's still going to be the yeah, majority it's, it's of people. It's going to impact. Um, you know, like yes, a lot more people are. You know, doing like work from homes, um, four day work weeks are actually becoming uh, a thing. There's a lot of companies that are testing that out. And, you know, a lot of people are doing freelance work, you know, either through their own volitions or, you know, uh, victims of circumstance, they're doing freelance work. So there's a lot more freedom in schedule. So there might not be the blowback that happened the first time that this law was passed. You know what worries me about uh, when you talk about people doing jobs and side jobs and everything like that, it popped into my head that the side hustle is almost a necessary thing nowadays. Remember when you just had a job and everything just worked out? Not really. <laughs> but I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, but then again, I mean, I, I'm probably not, I shouldn't be the authority on this topic because no, I haven't shouldn't. had a job since. <laughs> but this is, this is where I wanted to steer this conversation was because the people that typically rally against this are those with nine to five jobs. Right. That has not been you for 17 years? Yeah, about 17 years. What are you, you know, as someone that is non-traditional in how they work, if they work, when they work. What are your thoughts of this being a potential time lock and us never having to do this again? Well, uh, doing what as far as the time changes? The time change. Well, like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect a smaller group of people than it would affect them because like 90% of the population worked standard 9 to 5 uh, jobs. So... Uh, I mean, we would have to find out what kind of percentages we're looking at as far as how people spend their time. But as far as uh, how I spend mine or, or working the way I worked, uh, I mean, if, if I wanted more daylight, I would just adapt for it because I was always self-employed. 
So I could just, you know, say I wanted to go do something on a specific day. You know, I want to have a picnic or, you know, whatever stupid thing I want to do at the moment. But yeah, I mean, uh, if, you know, for uh, people who do focus on like doing three small jobs, for example, like Uber Eats, driving and selling muffins or whatever it is people do. Uh, <laughs> Where'd you get selling muffins? Uh, just popped in there. <laughs> what? Like, like knowing knowing your life, I would not imagine if you operated some sort of like back alley muffin sales. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Operate like a drug dealer. It's like, all right, all right. I got, I got chocolate chip and blueberry. Which one do you want? Be quick. Be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot more leadway. Uh, nowadays in the way that people uh, work, operate, that kind of thing. Like, people don't even maintain schedules like they used to. Like, there used to be no, like, 12 a.m. for most people. Mm. It was just whatever bedtime was and the next day. So, uh, I mean, that's changed drastically. Uh, Okay, but you're dancing around this whole thing. Uh, I I just care, what, what does Mike think? Well, like, does Mike think this is a good idea to do? I mean, good is subjective, but... Uh, uh, that's why I'm asking for objective. I want your opinion, yes or no. I mean, honestly, it doesn't affect me either way, so I haven't really thrown that much thought into it. But, uh, like anything else that's, you know, of this nature, it's it's good, it's good and bad. If the bad is going to outweigh the good is the real question. But, I mean, we really didn't deal with t- daylight savings when in Arizona. So, I, I, I've seen life without it. And honestly, it never really made back that big of a difference there. So, uh, I mean, maybe it would be that way here. Hmm. So, so I kind of got a little bit of an answer from you then. But, with I mean, the Arizona stuff. It, it, it kind of all boils down to uh, that life is just different now than it used to be. There only used to be primarily nine to five jobs. And now there's all sorts of things where, and like I said, people go to sleep and wake up and go to work when it was still early. You you know, it all plays into that, how it's, I mean, now it's different. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, but I don't think we're, there's gonna be plenty of, you know, after effects, uh, or, or just effects that uh, we can't even predict yet, you know, because we don't know how it's going to affect uh, different uh, different demographics. Hmm. Even even those who can adjust their schedule, like I used to be able to do. See, as someone that works a more typical job, I just I, I have been for this for a long time. I, I I think the one thing that's really impacted me the most with any of these time changes is just they. Seem to happen on a Sunday for some reason. Yeah, right. Which is just terrible planning. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a bitch that first day for sure. But then it's just like meh. This year has been unusually difficult for me in adjusting to it. And now that this is potentially the last time this happens, check yes on that referendum. Like I, I, I want this. Just be done with it, you know? Yeah, um, 
honestly, uh, the more I think about it, the more I think it might just be a good thing. And I'm not just trying to blindly agree with you. It's just I'm thinking <laughs> about more and more people. It's gotten more difficult as I've gotten older. I think that's the that's the takeaway for me. You're getting older? Because there, there's no, I don't know, like, I, I don't see the benefits of it. I don't. But then well, again, it was, then again, it's like, how do you see the benefits the of something place? when you've lived in that situation your whole life? But you have experience. Again, it doesn't really affect me in any way. I mean, but <laughs> if, if I had something planned for five o'clock, you know, right before, you know, the day it happens, then that's always a problem. But that only happens twice a year. So I don't know. I mean, the more daylight thing would be cool. You know, it would be nice to see it be like seven o'clock in winter and you know, it'd still not be dark. That'd be neat. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to have the impact if they do it. I don't think it's going to have that same sort of impact that it did during that first go. Hmm. Because of how the workscape has changed. Well, not just that, but uh, I mean, people are uh, sort of. I don't know if it's just like you know growing used to things changing or you know distracted by things to not notice the change or you know I, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to be a big deal you know for most people I mean again you're still going to have that uh, group of people that uh, that are drastically affected by it I mean how many and what sorts remain to be seen but yeah sure it'll happen. I just want to know, is this going to impact your back alley muffin sales? Ah, you know, I haven't run the numbers. (laughs) So I was watching this episode of uh, Ancient Aliens. They're really really forcing it nowadays. I I can't believe that, first off, okay, two things. One, I can't believe you watch Ancient Aliens. Two, I can't believe Ancient Aliens is still a thing. How like how many times how many times can the twist be it was aliens? Every time apparently. The only valid point they had. Okay, this episode was talking about how dragons were probably UFOs. Wait, but yeah, the dragons yeah, weren't even it. real. Well, not that we know of, but there, okay. The only weird thing or that that really stuck out to me is that every culture has dragon legends, and they're all called a variation of the same thing. Every culture. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of like the idea of divergent evolution. I believe that's what it I, is. I mean, maybe, but you're talking about these cultures that existed not only, you know, different times altogether. I mean, and of course things are passed down, but at the same time, it's like uh, you're talking geographical differences that were insurmountable at certain points in time as far as getting from A to B. So, I mean, where did these stories come from? And I was thinking of convergent evolution, by the way. Um, so where did the stories come from? Uh, people traveling? Yeah, but again, you're talking continental difference. Unless it's just like, it all boils down to one crazy grandmother in Pangea. <laughs> I think it is the convergent evolution of ideas, where something comes up and we just have you know we we develop similar ways to describe it or explain it i think it's nothing more than a coincidence i mean it might be but that's a hell of a coincidence and and again i'm not saying that they're all unidentified ufos that could only be defined by that 
you know, as dragons by people back then. So what are you saying, then? I don't know. Maybe there was a real animal or something. I mean, I'm not saying there were flying dragons, but maybe there was something to it at one point. I was going to say, is your argument that dragons were real, or is the argument that UFOs are real? Well, UFOs are real. There's no argument. But maybe there was an animal. I mean, animals go extinct every day. Who knows? And I'm not saying it was magical flying creatures, but maybe So there what was are something. you saying? Because that, that sounds like what you're saying. No, okay, just because an animal existed that people labeled as dragons doesn't mean they were flying all over the place and turning into water or whatever it is they do, mm-hmm. or supposedly. Um, maybe there was just an animal. You know, it, didn't, it doesn't have to be UFOs all the time, is my point. And they make it UFOs all the time. Well, yeah, Mike, you're watching a show called Ancient Aliens. But of course, of of course everything just... is going to be UFOs. UFOs are piloted by dragons. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. They tried to say that uh, people mistook uh, flying saucers as dragons, and people when they would land and people would come out, that would, they would, they would portray these. There were these paintings and stuff of people coming out of a dragon. No. Now, why do you watch this show? Uh, Dad was watching it. And I came across it. Dad's gotten into the UFO topic. Uh huh. So he's into South Park, and now he's into UFOs funny what happens with that mom around so he's become the teenage versions of us you could, i guess you could say that in a sense sure oh what about that one found footage thing do you uh, remember that the, the nielsen's was that what that was mcpherson's what it was the mcpherson's yeah there, there's supposedly a real one but the thing we saw was fake i saw what was supposed to be the real one and it's really not much different. I mean, the aliens are more realistic, but other than that, it looks the same. Alien abduction incident in Lake County, the McPherson's. Yes, I remember this. This scared the living hell out of me as a child. Oh, that last few seconds? Jesus. Oh, my God. When the door closes, then the alien's behind it. Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, this, this predated Blair Witch. Yeah. It w- I would say it's probably one of the first found footage thing, yeah. But uh, there was an original story. Uh, I only ever saw it like once or twice. But I mean, they they kind of they they really did nail a lot of the same angles and stuff in the recreation. You're you're talking about the one we saw on TV, right? Yes. Okay, that was just a recreation because they wouldn't let them air the original. Wait, so there's an actual? Wait, this is real? Supposedly. No, this is fake. It's always been fake. It's up there with like the whole Orson Welles thing. Nah, there's a, there's there's a real video. Oh, I'm gonna have to check this out. I don't feel like sleeping tonight. Yeah, I, I had this pulled up on Wiki. Yeah, this is the original found footage stuff. This is uh, I can't believe I I I really forgot all about this. There was uh, there's this little touristy town in Arizona. Uh, I forget the name of it. I went to it once because it's not that far from Lake Havasu where we lived. Mm-hmm. And there were all these stories coming out uh, about this town. Because it's not only popular with just tourists uh, like buying stuff, but like hikers and whatnot. And not, these stories came out primarily from these hikers and stuff. Mm-hmm. About uh, they would hit a certain point 
and people dressed in uh, military fatigues would pop out of nowhere and turn them around. So Aiden and I wanted to see if this was true, and it is. I mean, I didn't see anything beyond a couple guys in uniforms with no name tags or ranks posted on them, but we got turned around. And you don't think that it's just... I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not saying it's UFOs or anything like that. A lot of other people have said that. But, I, again, I didn't see anything to support that theory. Uh, just the fact that we got turned around in a random spot in the desert. By people in suits. By de- people in desert fatigues. Yeah, that happened to us. Well, at least they gave them the right color fatigues. Yeah, right? I would have gone with neon pink. <laughs> More, less believable. It's like I was I was out in the desert and pink men turned me around. So I'm I'm gonna watch this again. Uh, yeah, you should. It's 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 fun. I mean, I don't know if you can uh, find the original. Found it. Uh, the real one. Uh, yeah, looks like uh, someone posted the whole thing on YouTube. Hour and a half. While we're on this topic, oh man, while we're on this topic, Mike, Mike, fire in the sky. Oh Jesus. Oh my God. Yeah, he uh. I saw an interview with that guy a little while ago. Um, He's still alive? Travis Walton's still alive, yeah. There's a lot more depth to that story than they hit on in the movie. They kind of just kept it to the scary parts. Uh, But there were parts where he encountered people, uh, like him being inside of a... He wasn't just in a ship, he was in a mothership. Like, he went into like what looked like on the ship a hangar full of the little discs. Mm-hmm. and even the theory about why they took him changed. It wasn't just to steal a person. It was by going that close to the ship and everything, he, he would have developed something like radiation poisoning. So uh-huh. they took him and cured him and brought him back. Uh, thanks? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I can't believe we watched some of the stuff growing up. Uh, that kind of touches back on that whole thing about uh, we really didn't have any sort of regulations or rules from mom and dad. Like how how did mom and dad allow us to watch that alien abduction found footage thing and then fire in the sky? Fuck, I remember them watching that one with us. Mom kept wanting to turn it off. I remember uh, like like Minnie like she she couldn't even like sleep. Yeah, I do recall. She was terrified by the topic. She had, she had troubles for ye- like for decades after that because of us. I don't feel too bad about it because, you know, suffer with us, you know. I actually have a shit ton to say on this topic, but nothing that wouldn't make me sound crazy, so. <laughs> well, you can always uh, hold off for a little bit and, uh, you know, you can share that with us later. I will say this. Why does somebody who's looking for an answer their whole life suddenly stop? Because they found the answer. Or they were threatened that if they found the answer, that they would be murdered. There is always that, but not in my case. I never had any men in black experiences. Oh, never got to meet Will Smith. I was a part of a Wetchmacall for a while, uh, and as an investigator, they were they were primarily interested in me because I lived between like three hotspots. There was L.A., uh, that part of Arizona, and there was also uh, Bucks County. Believe it or not, in and of itself, it's a hotspot. Well, yeah, that's because it, there's random sightings of Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel Gibson. <laughs> I 
hey, our second show should be us listening to the first show and <laughs> And then episode three is us listening to episode two. Why are we listening to episode one? It's less, of, it's less of a podcast, more of an art installation. <laughs> yeah. like, these fuckers is confusing. <laughs>